Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. This is Straightforward with Miss B, episode 73. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, as we always do, grab your vices, sit back, relax, and let's get straight to it. Today, I wanted to utilize this podcast episode to definitely get into the most recent explosive um, sit-down conversation between um, Shannon Sharp on his club Shay Shay uh, podcast um, as he interviewed um, Oscar-winning actress and stand-up comedian Monique. Um, that was definitely a very um, eye-opening interview, um, and I wanted to just get into it a little bit today but before we begin um there's a couple of things that did happen since our last episode um that I want to just touch bases on um real quickly and of course one of those things um is our um annual Grammys um award show that recently happened um I would say I didn't watch the entire episode I mean award show um, however, I've heard that um, it was a pretty good um, award show, you know, thinking about the people who won awards um, as well as the performances. I know that the Fantasia tribute to Tina Turner was definitely a standout um, performance as well. Um, there was several people who had um, comments to say about, um, I believe it was uh, Travis Scott and Playboy Cardi's performance. Um, of his song, of Travis's song, Fiend. Um, that was, like I said, people, the young people enjoyed it versus, I would say, the older generation, um, such as, you know, podcaster Joe Button has some criticisms for it as well. Um, I think personally, you know, it is what it is. It's either it's your type of thing or it's not your type of thing. I'm a Travis Scott fan. I've never really listened to Playboy Cardi, but I am a Travis fan. Um, always been since the beginning of his um of his career. Um, Fiend is a pretty dope song. Probably probably his highest charting, um, most successful song off of that Utopia album. Um, so I'm glad he did get the opportunity to um perform, although he didn't take away any uh rap awards at the Grammys um this year. Um, I'm sure he was grateful that he you know also had the opportunity to at least perform his um, chart-topping single. Um, but, hey, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, let's see, what else happened? Um, as far as, like, awardees, you know, you had the Taylor Swift uh, situation. She came out on top. She won Album of the Year, um, which, uh, she, you know, of course, again, Beyonce was kind of snubbed. Um, on that award, um, I believe Beyonce has what, maybe 35, 36 Grammy awards total, but not one of them is for album of the year. I believe at some point throughout her career, solo career thus far, she should have had an album of, um, of the year award. So I definitely, um, I'm in agreement with Jay-Z on this one. You know, some people may feel as though, okay, well, does she feel a bit entitled? I mean, hey, she does have 36 um, Grammy Awards. Um, however, it's like, shit, 
the album of the year is the top dog most coveted um, award at the Grammys, um, you know, award show. So, you know, every artist would like to be that person. And I believe, you know, Beyonce is definitely um, deserving of that. You know, I guess they still kind of just save face and still attend the um, award ceremony. You know, there are a lot of, I would say, more hip-hop-based artists who have just basically just kind of like turn their backs on the Grammys um, because, you know, they just feel some type of way about, you know, people not winning when they're supposed to or feel as though they're supposed to be winners. Um, so, I mean, hey, I guess they have justifiable reasons um, there. But, you know, like I said, Beyonce and Jay-Z definitely still kind of, you know, still act with much grace um, and classiness um, by attending the Grammy Awards, even though they may not necessarily, you know, get award, get the awards that they feel as though they deserve. Um, but it's good to see that they still just take the time out of their busy schedules to attend the award ceremony. Um, Jay-Z was actually accepting his Global Impact Award. I believe it's called the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award. Um, and he was the honoree um, for this year at this this year's Grammys. So congratulations to him. Um, what else has happened? Uh, Taylor Swift, she won. Like I said, she did win. Um, but the fact that Celine Dion, who we know um, is suffering from a rare disease, um, I believe it's called stiff body disease, um, she was able to make an appearance and she was the person um, that actually, you know, presented um, the album of the year award to Taylor Swift and knowing that she has this illness and still able to make time to come out and be healthy enough to present this to Taylor. Um, Taylor kind of snubbed her a little bit. You know what I'm saying? She came out there without even hugging Celine Dion. She just kind of took the award out of her hand and, you know, started her speech. And a lot of people felt as though that was a little bit shady. It probably, uh, more than likely it was not intentional. However, the optics of it, watching it on TV or streaming, um, the award show, it just did not look good. Um, rumor has it is that, you know, after um, Taylor Swift gave her speech and behind the scenes, um, they say that, you know, PR teams were trying to rush to make sure that Taylor and Celine took a photo, you know, just to kind of, you know, act as damage control for that. Um, but yeah, Taylor, I mean, sometimes we have to just stop and appreciate the person who even present the wars to us. Um, nine times out of 10, most times the person that, especially for the top awards, the person that they choose to present those awards um, are normally somebody either um, maybe have close relationships to the artist um, that's winning it or, you know, someone who's um, maybe had an impact on their career at some point, things of that nature. So, um Shit, Celine didn't have to necessarily be there, you know what I'm saying? But the fact that she was there, the least Taylor Swift could have done um, was 
give the lady a hug. You know what I'm saying? Shake her hand, give her a hug, a kiss on the cheek, something. You know what I'm saying? Um, outside of that, I'm glad to see SZA. She won. Um, uh, most definitely shout out to the ATL, our very own, um, someone who grew up on the same side of town as I, Adamsville, which is on the west side of Atlanta. Shout out um, and big congratulations to Killer Mike. Shout out to Killer. He he took home three awards. I believe it was um, Rap Album of the Year, Best Rap Album, Best Rap Performance, and it was one other one. I can't think of the name. I think it was for, uh, shit, I don't know. It was three of them, but shout out to Killer Mike. Um, unfortunately, though, right after he accepted his award backstage, he was arrested. Um, and come to find out later on, he did take to social media to explain um, that there was a situation that happened with one of the um, security guards who was, um, you know, at the event location. Um, apparently the security guard, he says that it was with his team, they were a little bit confused as to what entrance they are supposed to go go through. And he ended up, I guess their team, Killer and his team, basically kind of got into it to an argument and whatnot. I don't know if hands was laid or something, but something transpired to the point where they felt as though um, they had to call the police law enforcement and put the man in handcuffs. That was really wasn't needed. You know, sometimes, although, you know, it may seem as though stereotypically, you know, they feel as though if it's a black man, especially a rap artist, in those situations that, hey, you know, that person may be aggressive or don't know how to act or whatever, but, hey, Killer Mike is not that type of person. Um, although he comes from the mean streets of Atlanta, um, he does uh, conduct himself in a very poised, professional manner. Um, as you know, he's an activist as well. He's been around many politicians um, Bernie Sanders, of course, you know, mayors and, and, and city councilmen and things of that nature. And uh, the man got some dignity of himself. He know how to act. So you did not have to put Killer Mike in, in some handcuffs now. That just did not make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, it, and it, it humiliated him. You know what I'm saying? And it was definitely embarrassing. And I'm sure this his situation was not that severe to the point where they felt as though they needed to put this man in handcuffs at the ceremony. It's like, come on, this could have been taken care of after the ceremony. They could have maybe sent the police to his um hotel you know what i'm saying where he was staying to do all of this they didn't have have to you know do this at the backstage of the grammys that was just some bullshit and uh yeah L la los angeles county police department you guys need to do better um i think that killer mike is set to have to go back to la um and appear in court i believe at the end of this month if i'm not mistaken um so hopefully everything will be fine whatever it was you know is considered a misdemeanor so if he has to pay a small fine of some sort let that be um but i'm sure it just wasn't that type of situation um at all um let's see anybody else that's standing out to me at, 
at this time in regards to the Grammys? No, like I said, I did not pay attention to the Grammys. I didn't watch the entire um, episode. I mean, yeah, episode of the Grammys, this year's Grammys. So I don't have a full in-depth recap. Um, as far as like the fashions go, hmm, no one really stood out to me either when it comes to the fashion. So, hey, it is what it is. Um, all right. Let's see what else has happened before I get into this Monique thing. Uh, let's see. Okay. In regards to this whole Megan Thee Stallion and Nicki Minaj situation, uh, we used utilize episode 20, 72 of this podcast to discuss that. Um, so if you guys haven't checked out that episode, definitely go back and um, search for it. And uh, it seems as though, though, Megan Thee Stallion came, on, came out on top. You know, her song, Kiss, um, landed at number one. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Megan. Um, this was definitely um, a celebratory moment for Megan. Um, she did take to um, her IG Live to, you know, just kind of celebrate. She had the Henny bottle with a straw in it. Um, as you know, Nicki Minaj kind of pointed that out. She, she had a little bar in her, um, in her disc record in regards to, you know, Henny with the straw and Megan just kind of like, Hey, yeah, bitch, you know, I can drink a Henny with a straw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just throwing a little bit shade, a little bit of shade back. Um, but yeah, she took to her, um, live and she just talked about how, you know, she was so excited for this number one. Um, I believe this may be the first time she's had a solo number one um, that hit the Billboard charts. Um, she also spoke about, you know, um, being independent and basically, you know, coming out of her own pocket um, to produce her her videos, you know, and, and, and pay for studio time and and everything that's, you know, involved in that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very, very, very proud of Megan Thee Stallion. I'm not a super Megan Thee Stallion fan. Neither am I of Nicki Minaj. However, I could give credit what credit is due, and I think that we should definitely, um, you know, just applaud Megan for being, a being able to, you know, work independently and being able to put out, you know, great products that she have with Cobra and her single Hiss. And, you know, it's being successful. So shout out to Megan in regards to that. All right, let's get into this Club Shay Shay interview with Monique. As we know, it's been going on a decade that um, comedian Monique um, has, you know, allegedly, um, allegedly, you know, well, I won't say allegedly. She clearly has a disdain when it comes to Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry. Um, I believe she has kind of squashed the beef with Tyler and Lee Daniels. Um, but that beef with Oprah Winfrey is still lingering. Um, in this particular um, episode of Club Shay Shay, it was a very long interview. However, it was a good interview. Um, so shout out to Shannon Sharp. Um, he's been knocking it out of the park since 
since the Cat William interview, you know, knocking it out of the park with these great interviews, you know. And so shout out to him in regards to these. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, she did have she took the opportunity to just, just kind of speak on just what she's been going through. Of course, we've kind of heard these things before. Um, but I think the fact that, you know, Taraji P. Henson recently came out um, while promoting um, the Color Purple um, film slash musical um, and Taraji, you know, just airing out some of her grievances in regards to things that she had to endure about, you know, inequality when it comes to um, how much she's paid as a one of the top black actresses in Hollywood, as well as some of the treatment that, you know, she kind of uh, received during filming um, The Color Purple. Monique took that opportunity to kind of piggyback off of Taraji's sentiments to continue to drag Oprah, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey. Um, during this discussion, um, but before we get into that, you know, of course she kind of talked about she talked about her childhood. Um, Shannon asked about that. Just the, I, I think the reasoning he did that was just trying to get a better understanding of Monique and why she seems to just have these gripes, you know what I'm saying, and complaints when it comes to um, her journey in Hollywood. You know, it, it's a lot of times when a person feel some type of way and you see them continuing on ranting about the same thing over and over and over. Sometimes, you know, sometimes a person's the way that they was um, brought up, you know, in their childhood, maybe um, how their parents and siblings may have treated them sometimes can affect us emotionally, um, mentally as well, which in turn going from being a child into growing into adulthood, um, we can carry that trauma with us, you know? And I think that Shannon was really trying to see, you know, trying to see if there could be some type of correlation there with her childhood and how she kind of feels and deals with things nowadays that now that she's uh 50 plus something adult, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but Monique basically, you know, in this, she piggybacked off of when it comes to Oprah Winfrey thing, you know, Taraji had this interview, right? Um, and like I said, she talked about just how her treatment was. And I believe Taraji at some point, um, you know, kind of broke down crying and all, or whatever. Um, she said that her and Taraji actually had, a conversation um, about 10 years ago. Um, she said that Taraji and I had a conversation about a decade in my trailer uh, when she was doing the Monique show. Um, you know, you got, she said, you got to keep getting it until your turn comes. That's what I guess Taraji, either Taraji told her that. Um, and then Monique says she responded to Taraji. Most of us die before our turn comes. We got to ask for it right now. Um, so she said, now I understand that because there was a time I felt the same way because that's what I was told. Um, Shannon asked Monique why she thinks she didn't receive, you know, the same public support um, as Henson. And Monique said, it wasn't the message. It was the messenger. 
right? Um, she said, I should be grateful I got invited to the party because you're a big, fat black woman. How dare you be the one? So essentially, she's just saying that, hey, Taraji is a thinner uh, person, maybe lighter skinned person. I guess overall in the public's eye of what we conceive to be beauty in Hollywood, Taraji more so felt that description. I mean, uh, was that description of what that person would be versus Monique. Here she comes. She's the bigger person. She's the darker woman. You know what I'm saying? So how her, you know, with the outside world or people in Hollywood feeling as though, hey, she doesn't necessarily fit the mold. How you, how dare you be the person that's questioning us? Or, you know what I'm saying? How dare you even have those sentiments, share those sentiments, you know? And then Monique said on top of that, she was calling out people's names. You know what I'm saying? She was being straightforward and direct. Um, she quote unquote said, you're saying, Oprah's name out loud. You're saying Tyler's name out loud. You're saying Lee's name out loud. You're saying Lionsgate out loud. That's not what we do. We normally say the word they. We say, quote unquote, the people. We say the studio. We say the producers. How dare you actually say our heroes' names? These are our heroes. How could you say, say their names um, out loud? So like Cat Williams um, in his interview, you know, Monique, she basically kind of aired out the top people in black Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Um, and basically suggesting that, hey, there probably was some tension between Taraji P. Henson and Oprah Winfrey um, you know, during the color purple thing, you know, despite both of them kind of denying it or whatever the case may be. Um, so as we all know, Monique has had it out with Oprah for quite some time, you know. Um, she's never really changed her story. If you've been listening to her over the years, um, many believe that Hey, her issue kind of stems from, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Monique alleging that she was blackballed by Oprah Winfrey after declining to do some unpaid international uh, promotion uh, for the movie Precious, which came out in 2009. Um, the relationship between Oprah and Monique has been strained um, ever since then. Um, of course, like I mentioned earlier, Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels also were producers on that project. I believe, well, Lee Daniels, he may have had a couple of dollars into it, but I think he was more so directing that film. Um, they were thrown into, you know, this whole feud as well, um, but they later on apologized. Well, Lee Daniels actually apologized um, to Monique and um, those two were able to get connected via T.S. Madison, whom shares, you know, mutual friendships with both of them. 
Um, as for Tyler Perry in 2022, um, Monique actually recorded a phone conversation that took place after their decade long rift. Um, Tyler Perry basically reportedly reportedly said he intended to publicly apologize to Monique um, as long as her husband, Sidney Hicks, wasn't involved and as long as she apologized to him and Oprah Winfrey over her blackball um, allegations. Um, on Club Shay Shay, Monique insinuated that Winfrey made an example out of her when allegedly preventing um, her from taking on consistent acting work um after precious um after precious after the movie precious came out um she stated quote unquote uh we acted like our eyes didn't see what it saw when we watched that promotion happen with the color purple um monique said uh, we wanted to act like we didn't see how oprah winfrey treated taraji um monique also she talked about winfrey and henson standing awkwardly together in a promotional appearance of color purple and not to really go back on color purple but she just continued she utilized the taraji situation to kind of help with her stance you know a little bit um we get it you know what i'm saying but it's like okay we we understand that hey oprah winfrey could possibly be a shady character you know, um, we don't know for sure or not. You know what I'm saying? Only people who deal with Oprah may know how she handled things. Um, so it was a little bit, it's almost like, Monique, why take the opportunity to to use Taraji, you know, use Taraji um, <clears throat> situation to add on to your gripe against Oprah, just stand on business on your own shit. That's one thing that I didn't necessarily like about this interview. It's like, Monique, stand on your own shit. You don't have to utilize other people's situations and in, in put it with yours to kind of elevate, you know what I'm saying? Elevate how you feel towards Oprah. You didn't, that was unnecessary. You could have just touched on it for a second and left it alone. Um, but you know, it is, it is what it is, child. Um, again, Monique used the opportunity. Also, she talked about, um, she just talked about the Netflix situation. Remember she spoke against, um, Netflix because they they were offering Amy Schumer um, a more lucrative um, contract than hers, so she ended up kind of she she ended up suing Netflix. Um, and um, in twenty twenty two, the two were able to um, settle, and she did put out she did put out a um, stand up special on Netflix. It, it was all right, not too much fanfare in regards to that, but I'm glad she was able to, you know, I was, I'm glad that Netflix was able to kind of recognize their unfair treatment. Um, and, um, uh, Monique was able to get a couple of dollars, you know, a couple of dollars out of that. And for those of you who have not seen that stand up special, um, it's called My Name is Monique on Netflix, um, which was released last March. So you guys can definitely go back and check that out. Um, 
let's see. She also had something to say in regards to um, an incident with D.L. Hughley. She talked about, oh, she did Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> so crazy, man. Uh, let me play y'all this Tiffany Haddish one. This shit was crazy. Hold on. The Tiffany Haddish mm-hmm. did an interview with GQ magazine. And this, in my humble opinion, is where we keep throwing each other under the bus. Mm-hmm. You're doing an interview with GQ magazine. And I- I'm assuming the journalist was a white person. Mm-hmm. And the conversation turned to Monique. And she said, well, I don't do business like Monique do business, and I'm glad I don't have that husband of hers. But she don't know your husband. And when I saw that, it's like, Tiffany, if you had a husband like mine, you may not have two DUIs. (laughs) If you had a husband like mine, you may not be caught up in what looks like you could have been grooming a child. Mm-hmm. And I say all of that with no judgment. Baby. But when you speak about having a husband like mine, you open up the door. And I'm saying to you, if you had one like mine, you may not sit in these positions that you can't explain the next day. Right. Or it's a hard way to go. So once again... Well, she doesn't even have a husband, let alone like yours. Well, well damn it now. You said it. <laughs> I sipped on that, Shannon. That was a sip. Baby, Shannon had to add his two cents in there. I was cracking up. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She went in. She went in. (laughs) I tell you, that shade that was thrown at Tiffany Haddish by Monique is well justified. I don't know you guys if you've been listening to the podcast. I'm not the biggest. I'm not a. I'm not really a fan of Tiffany Haddish, at all. Um, so I'm I'm appreciative of the shade that shit that Monique threw at her. Like baby, you don't even have a husband. So how you gonna talk about mine? If you had a husband like mine, child, first of all, you wouldn't have got a DUI. If you had a husband like mine. You wouldn't be accused of grooming. You hear me? Sis, I'm sure Tiffany probably going to have something to say in regards to that, but she got her together. I'm trying to find um, the one that she talked about. Let me see. I'm going to find it for you guys real quick. The Kevin Hart situation let me see if I can find it Monique I tell you Monique said baby okay Hey, I can't find the Kevin Hart one. Uh, I can't find the Kevin Hart clip that I wanted to play. Uh, okay, no. 
And I ain't really studying the D.L. Hughley one. Um, basically, what she was saying about Kevin Hart was that um, at some point, he was supposed to help her, um, I guess, you know, kind of be a financial backer or whatnot or help her produce like a talk show. Um, you know, once she kind of got back on her feet or whatever the case may be, because she did state that, you know, financially she took a huge, huge hit, you know, um, after being quote unquote, allegedly blackballed. Um, but yeah, she spoke about Kevin Hart saying he wanted to help her, blah, blah, blah. And then some white man kind of came between them, um, basically saying don't work with her. Um, she said that Kevin Hart never called her back after that. She said it, that was maybe like two, three years ago. <clears throat> Dang, I want to find that clip. Uh, tags. Okay, here it is. Let me see. First. Yeah. Kevin Hart, mm -hmm. I do his um, podcast. Yes. And I want y'all to re-listen to the podcast so you can hear it for yourself. When he first comes on, he says, you're like my mother, you're like my aunt, you're like my sister. Okay? Mm -hmm. Then we do the podcast. We speak about the Tyler Perry situation. Oprah Winfrey, he said, I don't really know Oprah, but I'm going to reach out to Tyler. I appreciate that. Kevin kept his word. He reached out to Tyler Perry. Kevin Hart called me back about maybe a week or so later. He said, Mo, I talked to Tyler. He said he don't want to revisit it. He said, but I tell you what, let's move past that, Mo. Let's just move past that and let's just do great things. So whatever That's you, what Kevin said. I want you to hear me, Kevin Hart. Let's move past that, Mo. Let's do some great things together. Don't even worry about it. Whatever y'all want to do, I will partner with you. I'll executive produce with you. Pat Williams said gatekeepers. Yeah. Kevin Hart, mm -hmm. I do his um, podcast. Yeah. So let me know what you want to do. Now, let me say that before we go any further, because okay. I want to make sure I give Kevin Hart his proper credit. When my family was up against the wall, Kevin Hart wrote us a check and said, here you go. We're forever grateful for that. When we were able to give it back, we said, brother, we appreciate you with some interest on top because I don't ever want nobody to think like me and my money. husband. So I want to make sure I put that out there. That was, that brother really helped us out when we needed to be helped out. Good then when he came can. back with, I got you. I didn't ask Kevin Hart to do anything. He said, I'll executive produce. I'll partner with you. I said, good shit, Kevin, because we're in a deal with Endemol and we're trying to get our talk show back. Mo, whatever it is, I got you. Now, Kevin Hart is one of the biggest entertainers right now in the world, Correct. right? And was then. We got off the phone with Kevin Hart. We called Inda Mall immediately and said, Kevin Hart said, whatever we want to do, he got us. He's going to partner executive use. They was like, oh, this is incredible because when you let me know what you want to do. Kevin Hart name on it. You already know what it is. Correct. Two weeks go by. We get a call from Inda Mall. In the mall says, we just got a call from Kevin Hart's manager, Dave Becky. And Dave Becky said, Kevin doesn't want anything to do with Monique. So whatever she told y'all, he doesn't want to do anything with her, nothing. You know, he doesn't want any any kind of relationship with Monique. So what changed between the two weeks and when, and, and plus he gave right. the check, you gave the money back, 
then said he would partner with you. Damn, Kevin Hart, you, you flipped that. Hey, we got you. Switched on mode. So what transpired, or what do you think transpired between then, that two-week that that two week period? Well, soon as we got off the phone and they told us what Kevin manager David Becky said, I called Kevin Hart immediately. I said, hey, baby, we just got off the phone with Endemol, and they said Dave Becky called them up and said, you don't want anything to do with me. He said, Mo, that's, that's a miscommunication. I can tell you right now. I said, wait a minute. Are you okay, though, with this white man calling them up, getting them Kevin Hart name on it? You already know what it is. Correct. Two weeks go by. We get a call from Endemol. Endemol says, we just got a call from Kevin Hart's manager, Dave Becky. And Dave Becky said, Kevin doesn't want anything to do with Monique. In our relationship, after something you said, he said, Mo, I'm, that's a miscommunication, and we're going to talk Tuesday. Don't worry about it. I, I'm telling you right now, it's a miscommunication. That was two years ago. If you talk to him, I talk to him. Mm. I've never talked back to Kevin Hart again. So that's what we're faced with. When you allow somebody to come in between a relationship with a woman that you said, I'm like your mother. You said, I'm like these things. I didn't ask you for that. So everything that that baby was saying, sitting Child, here, everything he was saying was on the up and up. Because flim, when you flam. hear people say, get the anger out your heart. Oh, man, no one's saying he's lying. No one ever said I was lying. Our relationship, after hmm. something you said, he said, Mo, I'm, that's a miscommunication. And we're going to talk. Dang, Monique. And that's the situation that happened with Kevin Hart. Well, we all know Kevin Hart is going to be on the side of white. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> he is going to be on the side of white. He going to play the Hollywood game. So it's unfortunate, Monique, that he flip-flopped on you. It's really unfortunate. The shit he was saying was gassing you up. I guess he, I guess Kevin Hart felt like, okay, well, at least I could do, if I can't really help her on the work projects, financially, they struggling. Let me go ahead and cut her a check, help her out, you know, give her a couple of dollars. That'll be some done on the low low, whatever the case may be. She the fam Monique's family was appreciative of that. She said they paid him back in interest and it was cool. But publicly, he couldn't be seen with her. And that's fucked up. I tell you the truth, black people, man, y'all so ooh. You, it's so crazy because Monique's situation is something that even regular day-to-day nine-to-five people have to struggle with on their jobs, especially in corporate America. For those of you who work in corporate America or once did have experience in, Politics is run just like that in on corporate on on jobs. It don't even have to be a corporate America, but just jobs in general. When there's people that are in power or above you, you're gonna have to play the game to some extent. 
if you plan on getting promotions or being recognized by the higher ups, moving up the corporate ladder, whatever you may be um, getting the larger salary, you're just going to have to play a certain game. And it just seems as though with this Monique situation, she is, I don't think, well, it's, it just seems like she doesn't necessarily want to play that game. She just want to be straight up and down her credentials that she's rightfully earned. She feel as though she should be compensated uh, whether it's financially through her salary or as well as her um, projects that she's been given as far as roles and things of that nature. She just want to be on the same playing field. Um, however, sometimes in order to achieve those things, I'm sure even in Hollywood, you're going to have to be a lot less abrasive in your approach with that. You know, it's easy to see. It's easy to see why I guess, you know, her, her peers feel as though she may be hard to work with because naturally she comes off as kind of aggressive, you know? And on top of that, she just happened to be a black, a black big bonded, you know, woman, heavy set woman which doesn't necessarily make it any better, you know, and it shouldn't be used against her. But the reality of the situation is in Hollywood, it is used against you, you know, or even on some corporate jobs, it could be used against you. We hear, we hear of, you can go on TikTok, You can see all, you know, come across on your for you pages of women who work in corporate America who may be black, just always talking about, you know, how we're seem to be aggressive when that most times is not really the case. It's just how, maybe how we talk. It could be our tone. That's just, you know, a, a lot of us are just naturally that way. You know what I'm saying? I can even say that to myself, you know, for myself. In some instances, I may sound as though I'm a little bit more aggressive in my speech when I'm speaking to certain audiences. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not necessarily that way, you know, but unfortunately when I speak, it just comes out that way. But on the flip side of that, even with me having corporate experience, I know when to pull it back. I know certain things that should be said or shouldn't be said, you know, and I've had to learn that over the years. It's not something that I automatically out of college went to get a corporate job and I knew how to play the game. No, I had to kind of learn that over the years. And so with Monique, Monique, it's a shame that even at her age, I believe she's what, 56, that she has yet to learn that. Or if she knows that, she refuses to play by that game. So Monique has to, at this point, I feel as though she needs to pick her battles better instead of, because she sees that, um, especially Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey really haven't come out publicly 
and just really sat down and talk about their frustrations with Monique. If there is any frustrations, um, I think that Monique should have been handling it the same way. Keep it behind the scenes, you know, don't necessarily keep talking about it publicly. Then maybe there would have been an opportunity for her to be able to sit down with Tyler, um, and Oprah, or at least if not in person, got on a three-way call, but the call's probably out the door now since she, you know, was known to have recorded Tyler. So they probably do not ever want to speak to her on the phone again. You know what I'm saying? But at least maybe a FaceTime or a video call, at least, you know what I'm saying? Behind the scenes. So I feel as though Monique, although she is justified in her wanting fair treatment and her not wanting to feel as though she's being blackballed and still be given opportunities, you know, for certain roles and things of that nature. I feel as though she's okay to think that and want to feel that way. Um, but on the flip side of that, I do feel as though Monique need to try a different approach. If one approach isn't working, try a different approach. But at the end of the day, hey, sometimes it has to be somebody who takes the charge. You know, you have the Cat Williams. You know what I'm saying? You have Monique. You know, sometimes you're going to have the Kanye Wests. You have those type of individuals who's going to take the charge. You know what I'm saying? And be the person who speaks out against systems that they feel as though is continuing to oppress them or oppress our community, um, the black community. So maybe she's, you know, willing to, to be the face of that. And if she is, Hey, that's fine and dandy, but whatever, whatever the backlash or consequences that may come afterwards, um, she has to be able to, Accept that because that's what's going to happen, you know? So if that means not getting certain movie roles or if that means losing out on millions of dollars, that's just part of the consequences. And, you know, if her and her husband, I don't necessarily want to speak on him because, hey, she got a husband. I ain't got no husband. But... Hopefully her and her husband have come to grips with that, that, hey, if we're going to stand on this hill by ourselves, so be it. We just got to be willing to do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? Because the money ain't going to be necessarily rolling in like we think it is or the jobs, you know? So that's my thoughts on Monique. How do you guys feel? Definitely leave comments. Um, let me know how you feel about this situation. I pray for her still, you know, anybody who's in the industry who have to deal with certain things. Um, it's just unfortunate that, Hey, yeah, we're going to have people of our same skin tone, you know, black people who are going to be on the side of white. They're going to play the game and you can guarantee that those individuals when it's time for them to stand up for you or anybody else in the community, 
or help out or whatever the case may be, most times they probably will not. So that's just something that us as blacks or minorities just in general um, that we just need to come to grips with. It's not right, but it is what it is. All right. So much for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 73. Uh, we may piggyback on this next week as, um, as well. We'll see. Um, but until next time, we're on all streaming platforms as usual. All social media platforms. Just check us out. Straightforward with your girl, Miss B. And until next time, peace out.